1: programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now,
0: on to the interview. Hi there. Are your kids struggling with reading and writing? If they are, get them the support they need with read and write software for the desktop, Google, or iPad. These proven software solutions help those with reading and writing difficulties, learning disabilities, or English language learners. Read and Write Gold text-to-speech software provides tools for reading, writing, studying, and research for students while they work within the common applications they use every day. Learn how the Read and Write family of products can help your struggling student by visiting www.texthelp.com or call 888-248-0652. If you are ready to buy now, get 10% off when you buy on their online store with the Coffee Clatch code CK14SAVE and the number 10. That's CK14SAVE10. And tonight, uh, this is part two of talking with Dr. Steve Pfeiffer, who is a uh psychologist and internationally renowned speaker and author in the field of learning disabilities. Uh, he's authored six books. The more recently published book, uh, which we've been talking about tonight, is called The Neuropsychology of Written Language Disorders. Uh, so welcome, Steve.
1: Hello. Good evening, Rich. Good to be with you tonight.
0: Good to have you back again. Uh, you know, so I'm going to dispense with, the, with the, my intro, the longer introductions. I'm assuming that most people listening, we, Steve and I had the experience last week of talking about the introduction, the introductory aspects of writing disabilities, and tonight we're going to follow up on that. Uh, topic. So hopefully you've listened to that show as well, so you hear his introduction, mine. So we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're going to bypass that and, and get right into the subject matter. So Steve, last time I just want to, in a, in a very sort of brief way, because I do think it's really an essential model and one that is that to get everyone's mind around. Just very briefly review for us the three different types of dysgraphia again, okay?
1: Sure. Uh, What we had been talking about is uh, going beyond just saying a student may have a learning disability or a student might have a learning disability with writing. We call that dysgraphia. But which subtype? You know, where where exactly is the breakdown? Because that will help us really um, inform intervention and, and, and individualize interventions if we can get to the specific subtype. We talked about uh, the first one, basically a, a, a graphomotor dysgraphia, meaning the problem with writing is more just motor skills only, hard time manipulating uh, manipulating a pencil, a fine motor type of issue with letter construction. Uh, the second type we talked about, again, big name here, dyslexic dysgraphias which is, at the end of the day, a problem with spelling. Your core issue is dyslexia. You struggle to read. Usually you struggle with reading because you have difficulty decoding the sound. And if you have a hard time reading by sound, you're going to have a hard time spelling by sound. So you're going to leave out and omit a lot of uh, uh, sounds that you could hear in words. And and within um, the world of dyslexic dysgraphies, there's different variances that we talk about different types of spelling miscues but at the end of the day it's a spelling issue but our third subtype probably the most common is uh, something we call executive dysgraphia and that is you know what every teacher and what every parent laments and that's students who just don't give you much on paper um, the problem its called executive dysgraphia because we have issues with our executive functioning skills that's how we self-organize and plan what we're going to say, and verbal information to get down on paper. And these kids might talk uh, a real good game in in classroom discussions, have a lot to offer. They get back to their seat, and uh, they just don't get down uh, very much on paper. And it, it, it would be easy to say, well, it's just a lazy kid. They're not really trying. But when you dig a little deeper, I mean, task initiation, coming up with a game plan, a strategy to organize your thoughts, that's all under this big umbrella we call executive dysfunction and i think a lot of uh, a lot of students with attention issues might you know fall under this latter category of an executive dysgraphia
0: Now, so many of the kids that I see, I explain to parents, and I also mention it in my book, the idea of the soup pot theory of everything, (laughs) that you you have a helping of dyslexia mixed in with a dash of ADHD and maybe some fine motor skill difficulties, and you've got yourself a whopping writing problem. Could you comment on that? Like how would that fit into your model like is it is it that you would say okay what is it primarily? is it primarily the dyslexic type or prim- you know because it seems like so many of the kids I see are such a mixture of these three
1: yeah that and that's a common uh question and a great analogy to, with the soup pot I, I love that um it's one thing to teach it as different subtypes, but the reality is every brain is different, and the brain it uh you know uh is not quite this cut and dry there's a lot of overlapping of constructs so if you have some attention issues it's going to be uh, really manifest quite a bit in area of writing because when you think about it rich reading and writing are completely different from an attentional standpoint reading you're looking you're focusing your attention on the outside world of objects and events Uh, and these objects and events we call the alphabet code, and you have to somehow make sense of the outside world of what you're seeing into your inside world. But but writing, you turn your attention inward to begin, and and you shift inward to grab your own internal thoughts and ideas, and then you have to hold them. You have to hold them for a while. So kids with attention issues, kids with working memory issues, kids with executive functioning issues – Um, Kids with poor language, difficult time retrieving language, converging on that one word they really want to uh, desperately grasp in order to best exemplify their thoughts. It's all part of your your soup pot analogy. These are all possible constructs uh, that could be at play here when we're looking at why a student might struggle with writing.
0: So if you take take, um, a classic kid then, 10 years old, 11 years old, let's make him a boy, as it's often the boys, not always, but often. And, you know, he's got certainly an attentive variables and he doesn't read very well. Let's talk about intervention now for the remaining time that we have, it, both intervention and approaches and accommodation. What Can you give us some of what you would see as best practice for approaching this type of child?
1: Sure. Um, I think that you know, we can talk about a few things uh, intervention-wise. Um, kids and, and, and adults, too, but especially kids, there's this feeling that I've got to get it perfect up in my mind and then the writing process, you know, then I just spit it out on paper. And... The first rule of thumb is, no, that's not how we approach writing. The first thing we have to do is organize those thoughts. And if you're struggling to self-organize those thoughts, see, writing's going to be a process. We're going to go through this a few times. And the first thing we're going to really do is what, you know, many teachers are familiar with, and that's a graphic organizer. So let's just brainstorm. Let's Let's start the writing process as just making lists. Uh, and we're going to self-organize them on paper if you struggle to do it intrinsically. And if we're going to write about uh, your home state of New Jersey, well, let's, let's make a list of all the cities, all the sports teams, all the politicians. Let's start making lists, and we call that a graphic organizer. And now, would you,
0: also put, you would also put that in terms of webbing maybe, uh, mind mapping, that kind of thing, Steve?
1: Yeah, that's even better, uh, because when you use webbing and when you use mapping, now you're you're interjecting sort of a visual image of how these lists of things may go together. And it's a great way to assist uh, organizing our thoughts. Um, so, so those organizers are, are pretty important. The second thing that teachers, and when you look at the research on writing and you say, well, what's uh, – You know, reading, there's a lot of different programs. We can rely on, you know, the Linda Mood system, the Orton-Gillingham program, or Read 180. There's a lot of different programs. But with writing, it's more strategies. And when you look at the research of, gee, what strategy seems to, to we get the best bang for our buck, seems to be the most effective, it really is centered around teaching kids how to construct a topic sentence. So those lists of items you made, we're going to begin to organize those lists with a general or topic sentence so we can get into the habit that paragraphs flow from general to specific. And it's really learning how to summarize and organize and develop a topic sentence as pretty much the number one strategy to jumpstart the writing process.
0: And that that taps right into one of my, you know, I I can go into my own, uh, Rants at times on <laughs> in the field, and one of my rants, I think, is is the one on this practice that I see done over and over, which is open-ended writing. You know, coming in off of the weekend or from the snow day yesterday, write about the snow day. Now, for sixty percent of the population, Steve, they off they go. You know, they write about the snow day and you know, dotting their eyes, crossing their T's, and But it's for the ones that you and I are concerned about. Those kids don't know where to start. It's too much for them to do. There's too much of a load, frankly, on their active working memory and their executive function. And I would like to see if they just focus on one good paragraph, maybe one good paragraph, and exactly like you're saying around the topic sentence and a few supporting ideas. Get them to master that first before doing this larger essay. But I don't know. No one seems to be listening to me, Steve.
1: I'm listening to you, Rich. And so I'm, <laughs> Thanks. I'm, I'm here no, on my you, side I've got an N say, of
0: one. I've got an N <laughs> of one out there. Thank you.
1: Yes, I'm saying go, Rich, go. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the 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 most challenging thing to us, really, to a student with writing issues, is to give them a blank sheet of paper. I mean, that's just overwhelming. Right.
0: It's, it's overwhelming just the blank sheet alone.
1: Yeah, you you really need uh, some good uh, because. Th- that scenario you gave lacks structure, and mm-hmm. kids with executive functioning issues need that external structure to help them organize and plan for this task. Um, it's just too open-ended for them, and, and um, they're really not going to get much down on paper.
0: It, it's funny, you know. You would you would know this test that I give. I give the violin card from the TAT, Steve. It's an old psychology projective, and it's a wonderful. It's great for getting a writing sample. It just generates a lot of good stuff, you know. So, but I'll tell the kids that don't know how to get started. I say, look, how about if you say, "Once upon a time, there was a boy," and then I can. They get started. It's like, oh, oh okay, I could do that. And then all of a sudden, it kicks in. That little bit of a structure cues them in, gets them started, and off they go. Yeah, it's a wonderful strategy,
1: um, and, and that's what they need. Um, because task initiation is, is, is really difficult for kids with executive functioning issues. And that, that type of story starter is so helpful to get what I call that cognitive inertia rolling. Because usually once they can get that first step, which you help them take, then they can get into their, their piece. Um, there's, there's another strategy that's really helpful. Uh, the one you gave is great for the front end. I'm going to give one for the back end of writing. And that's when we're all done. And what I see quite often is teachers saying, all right, go double check your work. I want you to proofread it. We shouldn't be saying that to kids. We need to develop them because they're going to make the self-same mistakes. Again, what we like to see is kids be directional proofreaders. So we have a little strategy. We call it the COP strategy, C O P S. little picture of a police officer. And what the COP strategy is, is We want you to go proofread for all the capitalization errors. So we're going to be directional proofreaders. So all I want you to do is look at the first word of each sentence, make sure it's capitalized. Child then turns in their paper, you say, no, 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 no. Now the O for COPS is going to be for organization issues. Make sure where one paragraph stops in the right place, the next paragraph starts. Then we're going to proofread a third time for punctuation errors and a fourth time for spelling miscues, COPS. Capitalization, organization, punctuation, and spelling. Here's the challenge for all the parents and teachers. It sometimes can be very hard to convince a child that it is so much easier to proofread four different times only looking for one attribute each time than to say, here, go proofread at once, looking for four attributes all at once. That's very, very difficult, but uh, directional proofreading is, is sort of the direction we try to go with kids.
0: Boy, I, I just want to say that I think that's an absolutely wonderful strategy, and I think that I agree with you that the challenge would be, oh, my God, I have to do it again. But if you get the kid trained into kind of understanding what he's looking for, then it gives them, again, that word, which I, you've said, and I, I agree with, the structure that, that you're providing with executive functioning, they don't have internal structures. So what you're trying to do is build in the structures, and that cop strategy sounds wonderful. Parents, if you're listening out there, teachers, boy, write that one down. I'm going to reinforce it before the night's done. That, uh, so far, we've got four great strategies. Do you have any more on, in your uh, toolbox? We
1: have a few there. Um, one of the things, how about we talk a little bit for maybe older kids, uh, high school kids, or maybe even kids uh, making that transition to college. Um, I think we're really fortunate uh, with writing for the older students to rely a little bit on technology. And, uh, Rich, maybe when you and I were in school uh, and note-taking was was difficult, we might bring our our tape recorder into a classroom. Well, those days seem to be long gone. Um, There's a very nice device called the LiveScribe Pen, which looks like a regular pen but can really assist with note-taking because there's a little chip that's a tape recorder that will record the lecture, and then you have special paper that you can write on. And let's say, you know, I'm running my mouth and people might be taking notes. They don't want to jot down everything I'm saying. So maybe they just write down Steve Pfeiffer Interventions. Well, later on, what you can do is take your pen and just tap that phrase, and it will go right to this part of our discussion where we're talking about interventions. It can also sync up to a tablet or or laptop, but it is a great little device to help with note-taking skills, which is a real challenge at the secondary level.
0: And and that is so this is in the category of what's called assistive technology. And so what you're this is it is called it's a commercial product, Steve, called Live Scribe Pen?
1: Live Scribe Pen, uh pretty uh easy to find at uh you know, the I don't know if I can say the names of stores yeah, sure. but uh the best buys and staples and, okay. and sort of those those so, tech now, scores. I also
0: personally be i've been using it for many years and and i would like to hear your commentary i use dragon naturally speaking i dictate virtually all my reports i do a lot of other writing using it but one of my issues is that i find even though i think of myself as a relatively facile verbal speaker sorry i'm losing my words um Kids have kids have trouble with it, and I and I think that I try to encourage them to use something like Dragon in the way that you said to maybe use Dragon, naturally speaking. Maybe it's step one. Just speak into it it's a mind map and don't worry about how it's going to come out because I find them getting hung up at the organization level with Dragon. What's your What's been your experience? Yeah, I think you're
1: exactly right, Rich. And I think we all have our preferred method of writing. Um, to be honest, I personally have tried early in my career to dictate reports, and I just couldn't get the hang of it. Um, for me, I compose better on a on a computer. Um, we all have our, our preferences, but I like what you said about using Dragon in the front end of the writing process. Voice-activated software. Hey, let's get it out there. We're going to writing is a process. We're going to come back and fine-tune and revise it. Um, so I think it it certainly has its place. We definitely talk about some of the Kurzweil technology, in, which includes this, these voice-activated software options. Um, we like it very much for subtype one for kids. Who either have some a lot of graphomotor problems and have a hard time getting their thoughts out through paper and pencil transcription, I think there's definitely a place for that um, in 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 the discussion of technology, and and we're scratching the surface. But something that I like very much I see at the schools, uh, programs, uh, uh, inspirations would be one, and these are um, programs that help kids with the graphic organizing and visual webbing techniques that you described a little bit but they also have word predictive software and you know for kids who struggle uh, you get into the writing process and a little bubble on the screen will have a few words that the computer thinks you might want to consider when you're writing uh, tries to uh, sort of uh, think ahead and, and do the retrieval process for you to make it a little easier. You just pick from these words which one that might best convey your thoughts. So there's even there's even software that does the verbal retrieval, word-predictive software.
0: Now, yeah, we've used inspiration software. There's a, a person named Jesse Berg who uh, has a program, uh, his a his, uh, practice visual leap and he has used inspiration software at our center at, in the past it's it is a great program and and i is it, is, it, is that word predictive software a part of inspiration as well or is that a separate kind of program altogether it,
1: it's a part of the inspiration and i think for the very uh, the younger kids they call it kid inspiration for right for inspiration exactly elementary, yeah
0: it's a it's a great way to have, to have people i've used it for organizing my thought process for any of my writing i use inspiration as well um you have, how about for parents uh what what would be a couple of pointers for them besides you know in terms of trying to deal with the agony of all of this at home
1: <laughs> well it's um i'm a parent of three so i can empathize yeah. and I, <laughs> I i say this whether we're talking about writing Or reading or maybe we want to get better at tennis or bowling at the end of the day it's about practice and what we try to argue for is that students you know to get better at writing really need to practice 15 to 20 minutes a day and if you say well gee how are we supposed to do that Um, making it fun uh, for uh, having uh, students uh, write a diary or a journal, or when you go on family vacations, to chronicle kind of what you do each day. But in a fun way to document family life 15, 20 minutes a day, I wish there were shorter cuts. We have a lot of technology out there, but at the end of the day, practice, practice, practice.
0: I, I totally agree with that. My only my only caveat in terms of my own per- perspective goes back to what I said before for parents, especially for the struggling ones. Try to get them to write one good paragraph how about one paragraph about that family trip one paragraph you know with that topic sentence that steve talked about and a few supporting details and get let them master that before moving on to the three paragraph essay things like that that's and that's again goes back to what i was talking about before um steve how about if we could, would you agree with that by the way yeah, yeah, and I think it's so important. I'm glad you
1: brought it up because if it gets to be a chore or frustrating or I hate right. doing this, then it's, yeah. uh,
0: motivation would be lost. We, once again, Steve, I'm watching the clock and we have six minutes. What I want to do is very quickly have, I'm going to go through what I heard you say. I have a few things that I wrote down so that parents and or teachers, can. we can summarize them. Is that okay? Sure. You, you, some of the top pointers you talked about the idea that mind mapping as a starting point. You want to comment just re- one more time about just real briefly on that one. Mind mapping, the value of it, this, the the how you know what its importance.
1: Sure, um, you treating writing as if it's a process. We're not going to get it perfect in our head nope. and just reproduce it on paper. We're going to start out by by organizing our thoughts by making various lists depending on the topic and then these webbing techniques are ways we can yeah. connect the different lists
0: right and then we talked about which I kicked in with the idea of the story starter which you you know you that, what that does as I understand it as I heard you say it provides a, a kind of kickstart a little bit of a structure i think sometimes a lot of the kids especially with that third style the executive dysgraphia they have trouble with the the kickstart the initiation
1: yeah so you give them a little more structure a story starter uh, i i i call it cognitive inertia get get them going you take the first like step that. they'll take the second step
0: I like that, folks. Cognitive inertia. I think I have a lot of cognitive inertia, Steve. I'm not sure how to overcome it, but I'm working on it. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Well, it bodes well for this interview because it's getting me rolling, too. <laughs> yeah, we're
0: both going to get off the phone get off it and start writing. Um, then your third point, you talked about back-end strategy. Comment on that one to summarize.
1: Yeah, so sort of at the end, we don't want to just say, hey, go, uh, you know, Go proofread this. Um, We want kids to be directional proofreaders, tell them what to proofread for, and get into the habit of proofreading multiple times. So that's why the COP strategy, four times proofread for capitalization, then organization, then punctuation, then spelling.
0: Yeah, I think it's a, just a great strategy. I mean, just these three alone would really help a lot in terms of the writing process. And I, t- we both talked about trying to limit, which I, you know, it's one of my big uh, pitches to to try and limit writing to maybe one paragraph, at least in the initial stages. To get, which is I'm I'm I was bouncing off of your notion of the topic sentence.
1: Yeah, and, and I like what you said. You know, let's keep our frustration level uh, tolerance, uh, uh, frustration levels down. Don't expect kids yeah. to be writing these three-page essays. Um, one, one last one I can throw out we haven't chatted about, but some kids struggle with the writing process because they have a hard time sequencing their thoughts. And a uh, quick little exercise, a uh, uh, language scaffolding exercise. A lot of speech and language therapists will do this, is sometimes just putting sentences out of order and having children uh, stitch them together in the right order so it constructs a paragraph that makes sense. And the key is always to learn how to recognize that topic sentence and that paragraphs flow from general to specific because once they can recognize the topic sentence, that's our first step to being able to craft one independently.
0: Great that's a that that's a great strategy. And then you also talked about um for older kids the use of some assistive technology. You talked about the live scribe pen as well as inspiration and kidspiration. So right is, uh, any other older kid strategy you want to well, throw into? Well, the, and I
1: think uh, I think you brought up the the dragon that works very well for you, the voice activated
0: software. Steve, as time has flown by in both last week's and tonight's, and I, I, I think that the, you know, if people could get down those five points, life would go along better. For writing is a is is just such a difficult process for the kids of concern, uh, the kids with dyslexia, with learning disabilities, ADHD. I, I find, you know, I'm almost astounded at the level of difficulty that, that they experience. So I want to thank you, Steve. Thank you very much. for Steve, now you can be reached. Um, I just want to make sure I have – why don't you tell people your contact information? Sure. For
1: further questions, you're more than welcome to email me. Uh, my last name, Pfeiffer, F-E-I-F-E-R, at comcast.net. If you are interested in our new uh, written language book just released last month, uh, www.schoolneuropsychpress.com one word
0: schoolneuropsychpress.com. Great, yeah, and I would really encourage, I would really encourage you to get a hold of Steve's book, The Neuropsychology of Written Language Disorders, as well as his book. Uh, integrating RTI with cognitive neuropsychology. And I invite you to visit my website, which is www.shutdownlearner.com. That's one word, shutdownlearner.com. And to visit thecoffeeclutch.com. We have I have a whole range of interviews and great guests that I've had on. And also make sure to visit our sponsor, Read and Write Goal-to-Text Speech software at, the, at TextHelp.com. So I want to thank Steve once again and say good night to everyone listening. Take care Steve. Good night everybody.
1: Good night. Thanks for having me Rich.
0: My pleasure. Take care Steve. Be well.